Republicans have elected Representative Mike Johnson as a new Speaker of the House. Rashida Tlaib is under fire for pro-Hamas statements. Plus, there's new drama in the ongoing legal cases against former President Trump. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're having a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the race for Speaker of the House, because after three weeks of vacancy following the ouster of then-Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the House is now in order, and a new Speaker has been elected. Representative Tom Emmer's status as Speaker-designate lasted all of about a few hours. Then, in more voting on Tuesday night, Mike Johnson emerged as the consensus choice. This led to the calling of a vote on Wednesday of the full House. And here is how the nomination went down. The chair now recognizes the gentlewoman from New York, Ms. Stefanik. Mr. Speaker pro temp, Madam Clerk, colleagues, on behalf of the House Republican Conference, I rise today to nominate the gentleman from Louisiana, Mike Johnson, as Speaker of the People's House. <laughs> Now, with the failed public votes of Jim Jordan still hanging in the air, there was obvious tension on whether there would be any holdouts. Recall that the GOP can only afford to lose four votes against the nominee, and the whole effort comes crashing down. In the end, by a vote of 220 for Mike Johnson, 209 for Akeem Jeffries, and zero votes for anyone else, Johnson was elected Speaker of the House. Therefore, the Honorable Mike Johnson of the state of Louisiana, having received a majority of the votes cast, is duly elected Speaker of the House of Representatives for the 118th Congress. In Johnson's acceptance speech, in which we had to wait seemingly forever while Democrat Hakeem Jeffries gave the most bogus speech on bipartisanship and not playing politics, Johnson thanked former Speaker Kevin McCarthy for putting the majority together. Johnson spoke of his past as the son of a firefighter and talked about the need for a strong America. This is a, a beautiful country. It's the beauty of America that allows a, a firefighter's kid like me to come here and serve in this sacred chamber where great men and women have served before all of us and strive together to build and then preserve what Lincoln did refer to as the last best hope of man on earth. We stand at a very dangerous time. I'm stating the obvious. We all know that. The world is in turmoil. But a strong America is good for the entire world. Now, let's put all of this in perspective for all those out there who are hating on Matt Gates and others for putting us through these last three weeks and putting the process into motion. Kevin McCarthy failed his House conference and failed Republican voters. He broke promises that he made in order to get elected involving votes, the budget, and standing up for conservative principles. He had to go. Was there a plan in place following his ouster? No. Did chaos ensue afterward? Yes. But the result is a speaker with a lifetime rating of 92% by the American Conservative Union and a speaker who is trusted across the GOP conference. That's what we needed. And in my opinion, three weeks of suffering was worth it. Okay, next let's talk about Democrat Rashida Tlaib. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, 
hit that subscribe button. Make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about Democrat leftist squad member Rashida Tlaib and her ongoing pro-terrorist statements. Now, one would think that a sitting member of Congress of the United States would actually be supportive of her own country and our Democrat allies, Democratic allies around the world. Well, Tlaib is clearly not. Tlaib wastes no opportunity to bash Israel, our greatest ally in the Middle East, and she also embraces Hamas, a terrorist organization, an organization that murdered 1,400 Israeli civilians in the most barbaric fashion and still has hundreds of hostages. Now, because of her pro-terrorist leanings, calls are being made to ban Tlaib from House intelligence briefings. Here's Republican Representative Ronnie Jackson. How dangerous is it for someone so anti-Israel to have a security clearance in the midst of this war? 20 seconds to you, Congressman. Well, look, she's, 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 uh, she's incredibly dangerous. She's out there spreading misinformation that is going to get people killed. It may, in fact, have already got people killed. We don't know. We had a leader of a synagogue in Detroit that was stabbed to death. It could be related to this. We don't know that for sure, but odds are that it was. And so this is dangerous rhetoric from someone who's in Congress, and we need to stop this. We need to stop it immediately. She needs to be held accountable, and Democrats need to call her out. Tlaib not once, not twice, but now three times has propagated a proven false story which claimed Israeli forces bombed a hospital in Gaza. This claim has been soundly discredited, but Tlaib continued with her pro-Hamas, anti-Israel rhetoric. U.S. intel, Israeli intel, they have provided information. It shows the video of where apparently an Islamic Jihad person inside uh, the Palestinian area shot off a rocket, wound up essentially hitting the parking lot at a hospital. And of course, the headline immediately out of Hamas was they killed 500 people. Well, for the most part, uh, that number reportedly is much lower, but she is sticking with her story that we need to have an in independent investigation, she says, because that's what uh, the United Nations and we've already, is saying. We Yesterday, Representative, Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, along with four other Republican co-sponsors, put forward a censure resolution of Tlaib for past anti-Semitic comments and for joining the pro-Hamas insurrection, which took over the Cannon House office building on Capitol Hill last week. I'm glad Republicans are speaking out, but the question that Democrats should be asking is why is your party silent about all this? Do you stand with terrorists? Do you support anti-Semitism? If not, perhaps you are no longer part of a party that has been taken over by the Marxist radical extremists. All right, next let's talk about the ongoing legal, legal battles that face former President Trump. Trump faced off against convicted liar Michael Cohen as the two both appeared in a New York courtroom on the civil fraud case brought against Trump. This case, among others, is a perfect example of how the left will and is doing everything it can to keep Trump off the ballot and prevent him from being the next president of the United States. Here's some analysis by former acting attorney general, Matt Whitaker. Well, Michael Cohen is a convicted liar. Uh, let's, let's start with that. And so uh, he has determined uh, since he left the Trump organization to be you know, one of the chief critics of Donald Trump. And I, I think a lot of what Michael Cohen says has to be discounted and has to be you know, weighed uh, against the actual truth. Now, that being said, 
you know, I think it was very dramatic, and the media loved the fact that those two were in court together, and uh, the you know the cinematic drama that that creates. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't change anything about the case in New York that's currently going on, and that is is that the attorney general uh, campaigned to try to get Trump. In addition to the New York case, there have been some new developments in the case against Trump in Georgia. This week, former Trump attorney Jenna Ellis took a plea deal in which she issued an apology and said she wished she had not worked with Trump on challenging the 2020 election. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. This Georgia case is so infuriating because this is America. You can question the results and validity of an election. The Democrats produce a ton of so-called election deniers when Trump was elected in 2016. Just look at Hillary Clinton or Akeem Jeffries as a couple of examples. But it's clear that all of these charges are taking their toll on some of the defendants like Ellis. DA down in Fulton County overcharged many of these defendants to try to pressure them to plead to misdemeanor charges. They, they you know, none of them are getting any jail time. They're all getting probation uh, and community service. You know, so that demonstrates the lack of a serious charge that they pled to. But you know, obviously, each of these people are going to have something to say, and whether it's true or not, we'll have to let you know the evidence uh, support that or, or not support that. But, at the, you know, it is very clear the strategy was to get as many people as possible to plead to light charges in the hopes that they will say something bad about Donald Trump ultimately when his case goes to trial. What will people like Jenna Ellis end up saying? That remains to be seen. But what is clear is that because the left has a grip on district attorneys and certain judges, they will manipulate the law in order to go after Trump. All right, next here are some rapid-fire headlines from around the country. First, just as Bud Light was enjoying a dramatic spiral downward for embracing woke ideology and completely ignoring and insulting its consumer base, the UFC and CEO Dana White have inexplicably thrown the brand a lifeline. As reported by the Gateway Pundit, the UFC and Anheuser-Busch, in particular the Bud Light brand, have signed a new deal that is supposedly the largest sponsorship deal in the 29-year history of the UFC. UFC CEO Dana White said he was proud to announce we are back in business together. There are many reasons why I chose to go with Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light, most importantly because I feel we are very aligned when it comes to our core values and what the UFC brand stands for. Are you kidding me? There are so many brands out there that have not gone down the woke path. Elevate one of them. Start a new partnership. Do something, but this is a bad move, and I'm very disappointed to see that it's happening. Next, a school district in New Jersey has canceled Halloween. That's right, the South Orange and Maplewood School District, or SOMSD, has canceled all school-wide Halloween celebrations in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion, claiming that there was a potential for the district's Halloween festival to be offensive to people from various cultures and religious backgrounds. My question is, what about the American culture? What about those people offended by this decision? In a letter to parents, the district superintendent, Ronald G. Taylor, said that the district is committed to promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion meaningfully. Not just saying the words, 
but also promoting an inclusive school. Our aim is to build a consistent approach across the district as to how schools observe and celebrate holidays and special events, end quote. Well, this solution was to cancel the holiday and to deprive kids of fun. And this is why DEI itself is being canceled in state after state after state. Finally, even Democrats are turning on blue cities for their embrace of illegal migrant surge that America has been enduring under Joe Biden's open borders policies. Turns out that sanctuary cities like New York are realizing that housing thousands of illegals is not all it's cracked up to be. Last month, according to polling by the Siena College Research Institute, respondents by a 22-point margin said that New Yorkers must work to slow the flow of migrants rather than accept and assimilate them. Now, that margin has grown to an overwhelming 35-point majority. Siena College pollster Stephen Greenberg said that the view is shared by 82% of Republicans, 68% of independents, and 52% of Democrats, as well as two-thirds of downstaters and 59% of upstaters. We need to stop the flow of illegal aliens now. Since Democrats refuse to do that, I'm all in favor of shipping these people to sanctuary cities and let the country see that Democrats aren't so welcoming when the issue starts affecting their own particular voters. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show, because of scheduling conflicts, will be Monday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.